So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. Even when we celebrate, we start killing ourselves, yeah, right? Yeah, our celebration is a celebration of death. Like, it, it, it truly is. Like, over Thanksgiving, we literally, we got the, you know, think, think about what we got. We got the ass, the ham ass, the pig ass there. We got, you know, I mean, if you still eat chill, I know people that still got the chillings <laughs> and shit going on. No. The vegetables are seasoned to absolute death. And then we pray over it. And, say, and then we say, hey, Lord Jesus, please let this food bless and nourish our bodies. So, <laughs> so, the, so the thing about it is, it's a part of our culture too. Yeah. And you know, I, I like to date young ladies that can cook. And even even what that means, right? You know how to cook. You probably know how to put some shit together that ain't good for us. Yeah. Right? But it tastes amazing. Welcome to Hardly Initiated with Real Men Talk. Real shit. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson. Rocking here with Ryan Catches. Ryan Catches, how you feeling, baby? Yo, I got that uh, that morning pump this morning. So, ladies, yeah, y'all see the chest been growing every episode. <laughs> <laughs> the inches is growing every episode. So they yeah. got they got to know. They got to know. Man, that's that's phenomenal, man. Yeah. That's phenomenal. We about to get some major game. <laughs> some major game. We have imported an expert for y'all this episode. So go ahead and get your notepads because we have went ahead and found for you. Dr. Bobby Price on the platform. Hey, Dr. Holistic. Ready to yeah, get man. in the building, man. I'm excited about the conversation. Absolutely, man. Hey, he's, he's a black doctor. Look, there's some, this some, some hype shit yo, going on with, right with now. Waves. Have you ever seen a doctor with waves? <laughs> Looking too cool. Honestly, bro. <laughs> hey. Yo, a doctor with waves is crazy. So you putting your do rag on at night. Man. Throughout the day, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's, hey. like, he's like, so does anybody in your family right. have any history of heart disease? <laughs> right. He about to get hella patients DMing him. After <laughs> oh, facts, facts, facts. He pulled up in the range. To, hey, this one here? Qualified. Hey, ladies, <laughs> go ahead and hit the DM, man. Doctor, man, thank you for coming up to the show, brother. Man, I'm excited, man. These are the kind of conversations I want to have with the gentlemen I want to have them with. And, and you know what? I, the, the, first of all, men... Especially, I'm hoping my men get tuned into this one because we got the biggest issues with our health. We, you know, getting checked up, our diets, the whole nine. We not really tapped in. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, you know, people, I've been asked like multiple times, why is it that men don't tap into their health as much? And what I always tell people is that us as men, we have to admit our frailty. Anytime we look at our diets, when we look at our bodies, when we look at our diagnosis, when we look at our bill of health. And we've been taught as men to be supermen. We've been taught that we can't be frail. We've been taught that we can't even have any points of weaknesses. And so I think for a large majority of men, they don't tap into their health because that really is the feminine part of energy. Mm that is nourishment and care for self. But men have to understand that even though like overall, like our predominant energy is masculinity, there's, a, there's a, always a yin and a yang that you have to balance. 
and that part of that balancing is that's the part of the femininity that we got to get in touch with. Because at the end of the day, when we're thinking about legacy, our families are going to, going to do what we do at the end of the day. If we eat well, they're going to eat well. And when I say well, I don't mean like well as in eating a, a really tasty meal. <laughs> because quite often when we say we're about to eat good, that really means we're about to eat bad. Right. right. We're about right. to feast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what I mean is if you grow up eating, if you have your family and you're eating healthy, like your kids are going to watch that and they're sponges. And they're going to take notice and that's going to be their legacy too. And so it's unfortunate, but, you know, a lot of men just aren't tapped into health for that reason. And so that's that part of my fem my feminine energy that I do tap into that allows me to be in this space and educate people about health. Because there was a part of my journey where I wasn't taking care of my health, which really ignited my journey to start this whole whirlwind to end me up in this seat right here, right now. First of all, just with that intro, yeah. I already noticed this show about to be fire, y'all. <laughs> that, that shit makes sense, though, It's man. getting energetic. I, yeah. I, w I was wondering about that, too, because I haven't been prioritizing health. You know, working out, yes, I got to yeah. do that. But, you know, I, I think that's what it is. My feminine energy is just non-existent. I'm, no. I'm just too hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm too hard, dog. <laughs> yeah, we're programmed to be that way, too, bro. Like, like when we're in a family... We're the last person taken care of. Mm. You know, like when we're in a family, like we can't say we're hurt. We can't say we can't work. Like we don't get an opportunity to say like right now. That's I'm weakness. Yeah, like it's viewed as weakness. We can't be emotionally vulnerable because when we are like everybody looking around like, yo, what's going on with that? You understand? And so because we don't, we don't have a space to do that, a safe space to do that, we don't do it. So what is it that helps you get over that mental conditioning? Well, what I realized for myself was that I started to realize that the manly diet that I was eating was making me unmanly. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Like, go, deep, you, go deeper on when, that one. Yeah, because when, when you say unmanly, what exactly do you mean by well, that? Well, what I mean by that is, like, I got diagnosed with high blood pressure when I was 16. Mm. Now, just think about that. I'm an athlete. only have about 5% body fat. I'm going to college, play basketball there. Always been an athlete, always been very athletic, always been in the weight room, et cetera, et cetera. But I get diagnosed with high blood pressure at the age of 16. Graduate school, start working in the hospital, and around 28 years old, and I'm like, I feel 50. Like, my joints is aching. Um, I'm not able to move on the basketball court like I used to move, you know. Um, Everything that how we think of as a man, like I feel strong, but I also feel like I'm breaking down. And so like everything that we think of as a man at 28, I start to feel like it was starting to wither away. I was also noticing in the bed bedroom, I was becoming a one hit a quitter. Mm. What, what is it? So you mean like just one round bust? One round and then we. Okay. We laying down. So, so okay. So, see. slaying. <laughs> right. So, my, Wait, a my, lot my, of niggas just got very offended. Just they, now. They, they, I tell you that much. Hey, but you could do a lot. You could do a lot. Mike right. Tyson used to knock niggas out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, okay. So, w w with that, I always thought that that was just a natural part of age. I thought, you know, you get into your your mid thirties, your forties, it kind you kind of just slow down a bit. Yeah. But w what factors actually contribute to your vitality? Well, what's really important about what you just said is there are a lot of things that are common, but it's not normal. 
You understand? Mm. So we view it as normal. Like you going into your 30s and now like you don't have the same strength and vitality in the bedroom. But like if you look at our great grandfathers and great, great, great grandfathers, like they had 10 kids. <laughs> and they was knocking chicks up at they, 50. Right. Oh, like, did it long and, stroke. <laughs> you know, and so you when you start to think about that, they're in their 60s and 70s. Right. Still having kids. But if you look at the men today, because I'm, you know, I'm a witness. I, I'll just watch what's around me. And as I started to watch what's around me and I hit, you know, because I work with so many women of varying ages, I'm starting to notice that men are just as sexless as, you know, men are saying women are as they wow. go into the age. And I also started to notice a lot of young men coming into the pharmacy to pick up, you know, Viagra in their 20s. Yo, so, okay, so we got to talk about that yeah. because... Now, Wait, so you got a little too excited about no, this. No, 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 because no. man, when they go pick up his back the other day. No, 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 doc, doc. Listen, I'm I'm highly offended by this because on my timeline, I keep seeing hymns, and it's like hymns, and it's specifically marketed toward thirty year old somethings. Yes. I'm in that category, thirty year old somethings. Yeah. I can't even imagine if one of my boys told me that they was using this. Like, yeah. what, what is it that they would have done to their body to put them in a position to now have to use this? Well, everything has shifted now in terms of not just the food, but there's a lot of, we're getting a lot of what are called xenoestrogens or phantom estrogens or fake estrogens in the water um, and cosmetic and hygienic products. Um, things you put on your body in terms of your hair, your lotions. Um, there's just so many those estrogens in the things that we eat. And because of that, it's feminizing a lot of men. And when I say feminizing, that doesn't always men mean that men are now becoming gay. Right, right. You know, like, that could <laughs> right. mean that, but like that's not just what I mean. But it's important to understand that hormones make us who we are, like in terms of our gender and our gender identification. Like my deep voice is because of hormones. Like as I go through pu puberty, when that my, my voice gets deep, it's because of hormones. Wow. It's not like a, it's a natural process, but it's really because of hormones. Hair on my face, hormones, okay? My ability to perform in the bedroom, hormones. Okay, part of it. My ability to be assertive and motivated, hormones. And so when you start to take those things away, then you start to see those things that we associate with manly qualities start to disappear. And so one of those things that you'll see is to, as testosterone begins to drop, then you see some of those manly qualities begin to drop too. And the unfortunate thing about a lot of young men today is like, especially in that 20-year-old age range, 30-year-old yeah. age range, what's important to understand is that food and everything shifted in the last 30 years. You didn't see genetically modified foods 30 years ago. They came onto the scenes in, in the night, late 19, 1990s. And a lot of those foods have chemicals in them, one in particular called atrazine. Okay, a scientist did a, a demonstration with frogs and what he was able to see as these frogs became more and more exposed to this chemical that is commonly used in genetically modified foods is actually the second most used um, 
herbicide uh, in the whole of U.S. Wow. These frogs that were male frogs were being feminized or converted into what he called, um, they became gay. But they didn't become gay. These male frogs became female frogs. The, gen <laughs> the, the, the genitals changed. Everything changed. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So yeah. like, yeah. Now, now think about that for a second. If it could do that to a frog, then it could slowly do that to a human over, over, generations. over the course of three decades. Wow. Okay? And when you start to think about, like, let's do a comparison. So when you think about the dose that it took to make that frog, uh, that male frog or female frog, I think it was like 200 nanograms per deciliter, right? And then you think about what the EPA or the government here in the U.S. has allowed in drinking water. What, what would you guess it is? First of all, I don't even know them damn measurements, so I no, can't so, even guess. So, so, <laughs> so, so, so just 200 for a frog, what do you think is allowed in the water? A thousand. Okay. Wait, 200, wait, wait. Did you just double, like, no. did you just 5X what was in? Well, it's a smart guess because in the U.S., there are things that are allowed in our food supply and our water supply that are banned in every other country. That I did but not the, know. But the guess is is actually three thousand. That's what's allowed in in our water. So it takes two hundred to turn a male frog into a female frog. Yeah. And three thousand is the allowed. allowable amount that is in, you know, U.S. water. So when you start to think about that over the course of multiple decades. Now, when you say water. Is this just every water or is this a specific water? Because so, I drink spring water. Yeah. So like essentially what I'm talking about is municipal water. The water that you would get out of the sink, that you would get out of the shower, etc. Pipe water. Yeah. But you may not be drinking that water, but it is entering your system, right? Because this is what you're yeah. showering with, yeah. is what you're you washing. It. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important to understand that, that that's part of the that's part of the problem. Is that you got young men who literally didn't have a space and time where like there was no period where they weren't exposed to things like that. And then you start to think about the meat. Um, most meat is injected with hormones. They do it because it makes the chicken grow. As a matter of fact, like when women take birth control, it makes them grow right or wrong. Like women get right, thicker. Right. And even then like in, in the Caribbean, like they'll call, like they'll say like uh, a girl got thick, they'll be like, she must took the chicken pill. You understand? Yeah. It makes a, it literally, you, today we have chicken that it used to take six months for it to grow, grow to full size. Now it takes 28 days. And the chickens can't even walk because they haven't properly developed, but they're, they're the size of an adult chicken. So when you start to think about that, what is our favorite meat in chicken. our culture? Chicken. chicken. Which I don't even know how the fuck that happened. It is chicken. Yeah. So you see, you see what I'm saying? It's a it's a combination of things. It's not just one thing. Like it's many of these things that add up cumulatively that we end up impacting our health. It shifts not only, you know, how how we live, but it can shift who we are. See, now I'm getting a better understanding that it's really a war. Uh, going on right now because when I think about the very masculine strong man yeah. I usually credit you know I usually look at the lot of how that person was nurtured yeah but you're saying over time chemically we're being induced with these different agents that's literally making us weaker 
yeah. as we grow old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, like I'm, I'm trying to hit home the point, but like when, when I see a man and he's having issues in the bedroom, I know he's having issues every, every other places too. Mm. So you see men start to develop man boobs. Yeah. Like that is a feminization of a man. So when your, est- your testosterone levels go too low and your estrogen levels go too high, you start to lose hair. Okay. Remember what I told you, testosterone makes us grow hair. Hair. All right. You, you also start to uh, lose muscle. Even if you go to the gym and you work out hard, you're still not gaining any muscle. Okay. And all of these processes, again, like you'll even hear the voice get, you know, like lighter too. <clears throat> My shit been cracking a little late. <laughs> <laughs> see, so that's see, like, that's why y'all turned in the hole, just the chicken. <laughs> right, right, right. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we, yeah. like, we don't understand, like, even when I see, like, little young boys and, and young girls who are confused about their gender or what have you, you have to understand they're growing up in that environment was estrogen dominant. Wow. And then what's also really important to understand is this body is made to put things back in balance. So like for a girl who goes through that and estrogen goes up, you know what the body does to, to balance it? It shoots the testosterone up to balance the estrogen. So all of a sudden in that wow. little girl, now she feels more like a, like a boy. She starts to develop muscle more. She starts to begin to like to think that I I like uh I like girls. I like girls. Right. It makes sense like and so I think that's the co- part of the conversation that many people aren't having and I would I would go I would go out on a limb to say like okay, you start to look at like young girls, they're getting the period so early now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And the bodies are developing yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So that that is an indication that there is an estrogen imbalance, estrogen dominance. And so typically, you go back to the 1800s, typically a woman would get a period in the early 1800s around the age of 16 to 17. Wow. Now it's like, what, 10, 11, so 12? Now they're getting nine at years nine old. years old, bro. Damn. So we're not, we're not looking at those little shifts that are telling us we're doing something wrong. And we're living in a country that won't change the rules. Like they won't say these chemicals that they have banned in every country in Europe, we're not banning those those chemicals. It's too much money behind those chemicals right now. It's too much lobbying. And so because of that, like that's why you're starting to see this shift, not only in young women, but especially in men too. Okay, so if I'm a dude and I, I got low T, that's what Tyshawn calls it, low T. Okay. I'm operating with the low T. What are some remedies or some things that I could put in place to get back get back right? Well, one of the most important things, you got to understand, like, your diet plays a huge role. I mean, like, people forget, like, the whole, like, moniker, you are what you eat. Like, it's <laughs> true. Like, if you put trash in your body, your body going to be trash. You know, if you put... Good fuel and let, let, let this is the best example. So you guys are doing well for yourself. You may at some point decide I want to go out and buy a Bentley. Right. Right. You go out and buy that Bentley. There's rules to the game to that Bentley that don't <laughs> apply to a Honda. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You gotta it's it's totally different. You can't take the Bentley to a regular Jiffy Lube. Right. You see right. what I'm saying? Right. Like you cannot put regular gas in a Bentley. 
You see what I'm saying? And because you can't put regular gas in there, you got to go by what the manufacturer told you to do. All right? I could put liquid gold in a Bentley. It doesn't matter. It's not what is supposed to be put in that Bentley. All right? We're doing that with food. You see what I'm saying? Like, we're eating food that is very rich, and, you know, we see it as a sign of opulence. That's why I love, like, Nas' album, like, King's Disease. Mm-hmm. That actually means something. King's disease was this disease that only royalty got back in the days. And the only reason that royalty got it was because they got to eat rich foods. A lot of meat. A lot of sugary things. Okay? King's disease is actually gout. Wow. It's gout. And that was, that was killing a lot of people. Yeah, okay. And so, like... Whenever you get gout, one of the things they tell you 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 need to do is lower your meat content and stop eating so much sugar. So I got to just so so I really just need to be sitting around eating salads all goddamn days. No, what I'm trying to tell you is that the body is telling you what's wrong. But 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 now I, I need to figure out because we've been lied to, right? So we saw the food pyramid, that's some bullshit, right? They changed it. It ain't even a food pyramid no more. It's a matrix, what, what the hell is right? It? Octagon? What the hell is so it? now it went to from uh, the food pyramid to my plate, and now they're changing it to some something else. So what exact? So what is the truth? Like, what am I supposed to be regularly putting into my body to maintain, especially as a man? Yeah. And by the way, if there is a difference between a man and a woman, can you be clear on that too? But it's for me, start with me first. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what do I need to be putting in my body? Well, the most the foundation of what you need to be eating is fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. That needs to be the foundation. Anything else you put is either is most likely is not going to cleanse your body. It's going to clog your body. I so, mean, case in point, if you eat a steak, like that steak don't come right out, do it. Nah, take a few days. It's take a few days. So that's telling you it's not cleansing, it's clogging. So the idea is, and I'm just trying to give you some principles before I give you like specific foods. But the idea is you want to eat to cleanse and not to clog. Mm. Okay. When you clog, what happens is that food sits in your gut, it rots and ferments, it creates a belly, and then you call it fat, but it's really you full of shit. shit. You see what I'm saying? That's all it is. Because <laughs> most people are constipated. So they literally are full of shit. And, and so, literally. And see, so I know a lot of ladies too, and a lot, a lot of ladies deal with this in particular, where they just not, they, they'll go a whole day without shit. Two days, and some three people, days. Two yeah. days. and some of them have actually believed I just don't shit like that. Like that, that's how my body works. Is there truth to like some people are just naturally supposed to shit a little bit less, or are all our bodies supposed to be shitting every single day? You're supposed to be dumping every meal. That's what's normal. You got to remember what I said. There's a lot of things around health that are common, but it's not normal. Mm. It's common to be constipated. As a matter of fact, the medical definition of constipation is less than three or four bowel movements in a week. Now, let that sit. That's the medical That's defi- of definition of constipation. Less than three or four bowel movements. So if you go in and you say, I feel constipated. I only had five bowel movements this week. And they'll be like, well... I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> that's that's what they're going to say. Right. Because that's not the medical definition. Again, they're going by what's common, not not what's normal. What's normal is, and, th- and I'll explain why it's normal. What's normal is you should have a bowel movement after every meal. 
three to four hours after a meal, you should have a bowel movement. That makes sense. Okay. Now, let me explain why that, that should make a lot of sense to you. With food, this is how food works. In the body, real recognize real. If your food ain't real, your body can't recognize it. That's just how it is. So if you eat a lot of processed food, if you eat food that is dead, that has no vitality to it, it can't nourish the body, okay? So these are a few things that happen to ha have to happen when food comes in the body. It has to be able to be broken down, okay? So just imagine you eat some corn and the corn goes straight through. What has that told you about the corn? It couldn't be processed. It couldn't be broken down. The body's like, I can't do nothing with that. <laughs> it's like so swallowing a penny or something. I'm going to just give it back to you. <laughs> That's what the body is saying, right? <laughs> right. So the food has to be able to be broken down, all right? The next thing is it has to be able to be utilized, meaning it has to have some sort of utility. When you go into the supermarket, 80% of the supermarket is on a shelf in a bag, box, can, jar, et cetera. And most of those products, and I call them products, not food, when you switch it and put it on the back label, it's going to tell you what it really is. But when you look at the front label, it's going to be like, this is healthy and natural and all this like bullshit that really doesn't mean anything isn't governed by any governing body. But when you turn it on the back label, it's going to say, these are the ingredients. And when you start reading through those ingredients, unless you're uh, were a chemistry major like I was, <laughs> you're not going to even be able to pronounce them, let alone know what they are. And I'm talking about things that are simple, like a jar of like spaghetti sauce. The first ingredient is the highest concentration of what's inside of that product. And then it goes from there in, in descending order like that. It less and less and less, and that tells you what's less and less and less. Did not know so that. So the, the last ingredient is what's supposed to be the least. Sometimes you're getting like tomato sauce and tomatoes isn't the first ingredient. So it's really important to understand. All right. So you got to be able to utilize it. The body only utilizes things that are vitamins, minerals, amino acids, you know, healthy fats, you know, healthy sugars. That's the only thing the body wants. The physical food itself, the body doesn't need that. That's why you poop it out. Mm. It doesn't need the physical food; it needs the nurse, the the nutrients. Make sense? So we got, so we got what, what we. The first one was you got to be able to break it down. Break it down. You got to be able to utilize it. Utilize it. Okay. The third thing is you got to be able to absorb it. Okay. So now you've broken it down; it can be used. You got to be able to absorb into the body. You got an unhealthy gut that is plaque with old feces that is rotting and fermenting. You won't be able to absorb it. Okay, the last thing with food, and most importantly, you got to be able to eliminate. Get it out, you. You got to be able to get it out because when you're not able to get it out, that food is not only going to rot and ferment, and not, now it is not even useful to the body. It's going to begin to create its own toxins and become deadly to you. Make sense? Yeah. So it's so important for us to understand, like, we got to really re-engineer how what we think is food so that's that sounds that sounds like no corn no dairy no meat shit like because i mean meat you're not shitting that out as soon as you eat it 
Right. And, and, and so, like, let me give the audience a little bit of background. So, they're getting sad so as hell. <laughs> People watching this are getting sad right. as hell right now. <laughs> no Chick fil A songs. What the right. fuck? I have to do that because, like, what happens is, like, I sound like I'm the party pooper. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> when it comes to food, but you just, you have to understand, like, we've just been, we've been shifted and we've been shifted that way because they, you can productize food products, you can't productize nature. Okay, you can't patent nature. Mm. Okay, but products I can make. I can, I can patent that. I can productize it. I've been plant based, vegan, whatever you want to call it, for the last eleven years. And well, you you you're a pretty big guy. How, how much do you weigh? I weigh two eighteen. See, so that, oh, wow. see, so that's the thing about me. I'm thinking in order for me because I want to maintain my weight too. Right? Yeah. I think of just this. Vegan guy, somebody I could just, you know, I could just whoop their ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. This little frail ass dude. Yeah, right. How are you able to maintain this size eating just, you you eating just fruits and veggies? Yeah, fruits, veggies, nuts and seeds. So, you know, it one is how you work out. So that's really important. And, and the rule that I get, the basic rule that I give people is, if you want to look like an athlete, you got to train like one. Mm. Most people go in the gym and I'm, I'm like, Again, I'm a, I'm a witness. I'm just watching people. I, I'm a people watcher. And watching people, and I'm like, damn. Like, they look, lost. You look like you're <laughs> on the couch in the gym. Yeah. Yep. Chilling. Chilling. <laughs> yep. And, but they want to look like an athlete. You got to train like an athlete. You want to look like one. Now you got to pick which athlete you want to look like. Mm. You want to look like a track star. You want to look like a football player. You want to look like a basketball player. It's up to you. Who you chose? I chose a mix between a track star and a basketball player. Mm. Yeah. Mm, okay. So for me, like that, that's what works for me because I also want what comes with that too, the agility that mm. comes with it, you know, um, the quickness. Endurance. The, yeah. That's what I want. That's how I want my body to look. So I train like that. So that's the first thing I do. I train like I want to look. The other thing that's really important is you got to understand how muscle really grows. So like in my book, I, I have a whole chapter called, you know, I talk about the whole myth around protein. And oh, shit. Yeah. First of all, we, now we getting, we getting more personal. <laughs> so now. Now, yeah, this because we taking protein. Yeah. And I, I think I heard Sebi also say protein does not exist, which was so polarizing. But well, I, I, well I'll never say that. Okay, okay. so you know, go ahead. I know, okay. I'll never say that. But here's the misunderstanding about protein is that our body really doesn't need protein. What it needs is amino acids. And to give you sort of a short understanding of what the difference between the two is, when you look at a brick house, that's a protein. When you look at the individual bricks, that's the amino acids. So your body doesn't need the whole protein because when it gets the whole protein, it's got to figure out how to break that down. And one of the most difficult foods or food choices that we can make when it comes to breaking down food are proteins, which means that it's going to cause a lot of, it's going to cause us to use a lot of energy to be able to break that down. That's why, you know, during the holidays when people eat a lot of meat, the they itis. get the itis. Oh yeah, you slow down, pass out. They get the itis because they're eating so much meat and it's very hard to break it down. To, But when you eat food in the form of getting your amino acids from plants, because with plants, you're going to get amino acids. Primarily, you're going to get the plant protein, but the plant proteins are easy to break down because they're not as complicated as meat. And so it's really important to understand that, A, that's what the, the body needs amino acids, not proteins. The other thing that's really important for us to understand is that when you just 
And I tell people, just take a moment. <laughs> and you don't, you don't got to have three degrees like I do. Like, you don't got to be smart. But just look out of nature. Like, nature is the, like, the most ingenious display of divinity and ingenuity that we could ever see. And when you look out in nature, like, think about it for a second. What are the three primary meats that we eat today? Chicken, beef, pork. I hope yeah. not. I yeah. hope. Oh, man. oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely pork. Chicken, beef, and pork. Mm. Do any of those animals eat meat? Well, pork, pork they'll eat anything. Well, is that their primary food? I was not, like, yeah, that's yeah, true. That, so if you were to, again, you have to remember, I said in nature. Oh, in nature. Put them out in nature. Not in a cage where they got to be fed. That's true. But put them out in nature. Would they, they don't eat meat. Right. Now let's look at the strongest animals in nature. An ox. Lion. Or well, lion. No, 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 no. They even lie to I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> in, in terms of strength. Okay, strength. Gr- Silverback gorilla. Silverback gorilla. Let's say um, an elephant. Elephant. Oh, okay. Um, I got you. You know, I can go down the list, but the strongest animals Same in ones. nature do not eat meat. Damn. Damn, gorillas. I never thought about that. And when I tell you, like, a gorilla can lift 13 times its strength. So if a gorilla weighs 800 pounds, which they can weigh, like like a silverback, they can lift 10 to 13 times their their their, strength, their weight. That's insane. Okay? I'm so, so I'm so. So it's just really important to understand, like, I understand why people, why we think that meat is the key to everything in terms of strength. But it just doesn't work like that. Now, what I will tell you, and I'll be very transparent and honest about this, when I first went on my vegan journey 11 years ago, I did feel like I lost strength initially. But that was only because I didn't understand, first, how to work out, and secondly, how to feed myself. Because, I mean, despite what what we think, it is not normal for a human to just be walking around all brolic. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Right, right, right. It's just, that's not a normal thing. That takes effort. Right. Okay. And with effort requires preparation and planning. Okay. With that type of, you know, result that you want to get. And so once I understood that, then it was like, oh, that's all I need to do. And so, like, when I go to the gym now and work out, you know, so like I work out with like 225, right? Yeah. And I never go, I never really go beyond that. And they'll ask me, like, well, why don't you? Because it's like, well, let's see how strong you are. <laughs> right, right. So, Everybody wants to do so, that. Yeah, they're like, because you eat the plants and shit. <laughs> 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 so I think one day we went, I went up to, like, 350. And so they were like, well, why don't you lift this? Because I know, you, like, your shoulders, like, you get real big. if you. I was like, but that's not what I want. I told you, like, I want to look like an athlete, but the athlete I'm not trying to look like is a football player. Right. I'm trying to look like a trash star between a trash star and a basketball player. So that's what my goals are. So and can you even get that big eating just, you know, oh, for meatless? Sure. You can still get that big oh, with For sure, with, for okay. sure, man. When you start to look at the Mr. Universes and uh, there's even a, a guy who was in the Olympics who won um, in the, the lip, uh, weightlifting contest. A lot of them are plant-based now. When you start to look at some of the major athletes out there, many of them are going plant-based now. So, of course, you can. It's just a matter of, like, 
it's very difficult to get over that belief system because it's been pounded in us. But some of the most, I mean, even Carl Lewis back in the day, vegan. Mm. Even the the Serena sisters, you know, they'll tell you like Venus is vegan year round, and Serena she says during play I'm vegan. But I've heard so. There's also myths that vegan is not really even a healthy diet, right? Like mm-hmm. the person that invented it, this dude was kind of a nut, and it's, it's not something that you should be doing. And I, and I think there's also a difference between vegetarian and vegan as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So you, you're 100% right. Um, the guy who who sort of created the idea of veganism, the idea wasn't even around health at all. The idea was around the protection of animals. Mm. That was all it was about. So it wasn't about health. And so I actually don't like using the word vegan. Because it represents, that's that's where it came from. Yeah, so if you've been listening to me, I've been like plant-based, vegan, with the air quotes. I don't like using it, but I just don't have a better word for it. Okay. And so like- Is it not vegetarian? Well, it used to be, but then what happened was like people deviled it up. And now all of a sudden, you got lacto-ovo vegetarians. So mm. they all have some cheese. <laughs> oh, I get eggs. it. I get it. I you get see it. what I'm saying? And they have then, you got, salmon. then you got pescatarians. <laughs> yeah. They say vegetarian. So yeah. it's like it's, the LGBTQ with the shit. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's been deviled, it's right, been deviled right. up. Actually, that's all the, types. that is the more appropriate word. But it's been deviled up so much that I can't even use it because it really doesn't apply to me either. And the unfortunate thing about the title of being vegan is that most people who are vegan today, unfortunately, are they eat vegan junk food. They eat vegan products. They don't eat actually fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. So like things like Beyond Burger and Impossible Burger and you know all this diet cheese and things of that nature and just eggs, like these are food products. These are not real. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Mm. And so it'll say plant-based on the front, but again, turn it on the label. The label going to keep it real with you. And it's going to say what it really is. Mm. So the unfortunate thing is that most people made their transition during the whole What the Health documentary. Yeah, that was scaring the shit out of people. Yeah, Yeah. and so during that transition uh, and people started to learn about it, they were learning about it during this explosion of vegan products. Mm. And as these vegan products began to explode and people were looking for alternatives, they started to look for alternatives for the old foods that they were eating. And all of the, really all of the same companies that make trash food just simply went over here and said, well, let's make some vegan trash food. Man, it's 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 so wow. crazy because even the, when, you know, the truth gets unveiled and you get exposed to the, to the truth, those same companies use that as marketing to sell you some other bullshit. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because the rules, see, the rules of the game didn't change. You remember what I said until we changed how, all right, so I worked for the FDA at one point. Man, it was an undercover. You so was a part of the game. Spook at the door. And so, like, what people forget about that is it is the Food and Drug Administration. They're not just in charge of drugs. They're in charge of our food too. So when genetically modified uh, organisms or foods were introduced to our system, they approved it. And what was, I talk about this in my book, the guy who approved it, he was one of the attorneys 
from one of the industries that was pushing genetically modified foods. He came over to the FDA and became deputy director and approved those foods. So it's really important for us to understand until we start changing the rules in the game, then it's always going to be that way. They're going to always put out trash. And it makes sense because all the industries feed each other. The food industry feeds the hospitals. Mm. The hospitals feed the drug companies. These are the three largest industries here in the U.S. You see what I'm saying? And so they're not going to want healthy people who live into 100, no disease, dying quietly in their sleep. It doesn't be horrible for business. They don't want healthy people. They don't want people just dropping dead either. They want people right, <laughs> right in, in the middle. middle. The, the, the walking dead. Just like your credit mm. card companies. Yep. want it the same way. Yep. Look, okay, so let me ask you this. When it, when it comes to, because, you know, we, we, me and Tyshawn, we, we young single men and we out here dating. You know what I mean? And I just can't imagine. I mean, some of the young ladies, man, they just, they love their sweets. They love the breads. Yep. They love the eggs. They love the cheese. Yep. So when and they you, love them brunch ass. They love the liquors at brunch, too. They love the brunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so when you when you are dealing with a woman, because what, what's your relationship status right now? Um, uh, oh, that's what, hey, they all do that. Everybody gets stumped on that. That should an SAT right. question. <laughs> Slayer. Right now. I, I, I always look at it from like, what angle are you asking me that from? Like, are you asking me am I married or single? Oh or are yeah, you yeah, asking yeah. Me Ma- married with somebody? Absolutely, married or single. Oh, okay, so I'm single, but I'm but qualifying. You yeah, qualify yeah, some with somebody? Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, what are some what what are those things like? How do you get the person that you you know are now evaluating for the serious relationship to take on some of these new ideas that you have? Well, I mean, ideally, you want to meet a person that you're aligned with. So that's what I do. Got you. you so know, they like, already now, know. What now, what I will say is this: like, I will say, like, you meet somebody, and this is a real case of scenario. You meet somebody where, you know, they're not there, like they eating crazy, mm-hmm. and then I'm not a judgmental person. Like, I'm one of those people. I give you information, and then it's up to you to take that information and then do with it what you want to do with it. Now, for me, because of the standards that I have for myself, I want you to have the same standards for your health. So if I give you the kind of information that I'm going to give you, and then you don't, and then you don't make better choices, I can only, I can only assume that you're going to be like that with everything in your life. Mm, you're disqualified. Yeah. So like for me, it's like, you know, if I say to you like, yo, so the reason why you're having a heavy mincy cycle, the reason why you're having so much pain is because of these particular foods. I want you to not eat that for the next 21 days, and let's see how it goes the next cycle. Now, I know it's, so, t- it's tough for a chick to date a doctor, man, because I'm telling you. they got to go ahead. He's giving, he's handing out prescriptions on a daily. Right, Sean, let me ask you this. I'm curious. I'm curious with your, with, your, with your experience. How many times would you say, what percentage of the time you said you, you know, you've been dealing with a woman and you've heard her have some form of like IBS or, you know, bloating, or you just physically see that she's kind of got like this never ending pooch situation going on. Like what's the percentage of that? First of all, yes. I don't, I don't really like dating the chicks with the pooch, but I would say (laughs) about 70 to 80% of the time, a chick is either not regular. She is dealing with some level of constipation um, or dealing with bloating, which they, which they may use the excuse of the period a lot with the bloating, mm-hmm. which yeah. I don't know whether that's true, a good excuse no, or true. not. It's true. So that makes sense. Yeah. But 
just constipation and your problems regularly using the bathroom about 75 percent. i would yeah. agree with that like it's like a consistent experience and now of course i'm at and, and the burp and shit too like a lot of them they just <coughs> Who are you dating? No, no, no. No, this is what I'm saying. Listen, first off. You date Big Shirley, bro? No. Doc, let me tell you. Let me tell you. This is just the average woman. I really feel like the average woman is, and and, you know, and I'm very curious too. I'm like, yo, what's got you burping? I'm calling out, what's got you burping like that? Like, what are you eating? But I'm still seeing a lot of people indulging in just the meats. Like, literally eating meat for dinner. Yeah. Um, The way I see it, um, in the climate that we're in, especially if you want to date a woman of color, a black woman or black or brown woman, is that, and it's also true for men, man, it is, it is dangerous to be black today. Mm. Like in so many ways, and there's a lot of undue stress and anxiety that we go through being who we are. And what I've seen, especially in, uh, for black women is most people don't understand that unfortunately, like black women are leading um, when it comes to cardiovascular disease, dying of cardiovascular disease. I'm saying they're worse than us, they're worse than our white counterparts, they're worse than everybody. And so that is a huge issue. You know, like our sisters are literally dying right before us and we don't even know it. Mm. But because I'm in the medical field, I get to see it up, up and close. And then we start to think about, you look in America, 75% of Americans are either overweight or obese. That's a real statistic. 75% of America is either overweight or obese. Okay? So when you start to look into those things and then start to think about the emotional component and the stress of being black and then to think of how food addiction, which addiction is baked into the recipe of most foods today, and then emotional eating play in uh, women's lives especially, um, the unfortunate consequence of that is unhealthy digestion. And the, unco- uh, the unfortunate consequence of unhealthy digestion is always gonna be health issues. And so, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's really the conversation that we're having. I mean, we're having a lot of conversation about men today, but this conversation is also very important for women too, because I mean, it's affecting us, uh, both of us. It's the and relationship, to be honest, yeah. I would also talk about our culture yeah. as well. Even, I mean, even if you take away all the stress, even when we celebrate, we start killing ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah, our celebration is a celebration of death. Like, it, it, it truly is. Like, mm-hmm. over Thanksgiving, we literally, we got the, you know, think, think about what we got. We got the ass, the ham ass, the pig ass there. We got, you know, I mean, if you still eat chill, I know people that still got the chillings <laughs> and shit going on. No. The vegetables are seasoned to absolute death. And then we pray over to it. And, say, and then we say, hey, Lord Jesus, please let this food bless and nourish our body. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, the, so the thing about it is, is, it's a part of our culture, too. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like to date young ladies that can cook. And even, even what that means, right? You know how to cook. You probably know how to put some shit together that ain't good for us. Yeah. Right. But it tastes amazing. Mm. Right. How do I even is it even realistic to expect a woman who's grown up culturally to cook these certain foods to now switch and transition to now, you know, a healthy form of this? Is, is, is that a realistic expectation or should I just try to scrap it and find another woman who's already on this wave? No, 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 man. Let me tell you something, man. The right woman can do anything 
trust me, brother, like you get the right woman, there's no, there's no alchemy she can perform. Mm -hmm. Anything, she could do it. Mm. It just has to be, are you triggering that in her to do that first? And is that something that she wants to do? Mm. It has to be both of those those things. Those you two, understand? The two variables, has, I like that. It has to be both. And so, like, if I can do it, like, you got to understand, like, my family is from the South. My mom is, like, the best cook in the city. <laughs> and when she cooks, like, people come over and, like, random people, like, yo, you got anything left over? I buy a plate. Like, that's the kind of cook my mom was growing up. Wow. And so, as a result of that, I grew up eating that. I was the man of the house in my household. And so, my, often my mom would get ready to cook and say, hey, what do you want to Want, to, want me to cook today. I grew up like that. So I grew up on Southern food. But I had to make the transition because all of my grandparents died by the time I was in the 10th grade, brother. Mm. And it wasn't like natural causes. It was colorectal cancer. It was heart disease. It was diabetes. Legs getting chopped off. Toes being missing. And so it was just my consciousness that said that I have to break this generational curse. And so if I'm going to be with somebody, we have to be about breaking generational chains that are keeping us locked into our positions. And I, I think that not only for men, like women got to take that position too. And if they're not willing to take that position, because how you eat is how your kid's going to eat. I think about that and, a lot. And the food is going to determine the diseases that manifest in the body. Diabetes is not for the most part, it is not genetic. It is a foodborne illness. So let me, so <clears throat> that's a good point, because I always say, more than anything else, we don't really, people say these diseases run in my family. It's not the disease, it's the lifestyles. Yeah, for sure. That run in our families. Yeah. But is there some truth to that? Yeah. Can disease actually, just the disease part, can the disease actually run in your family? Can you actually be more likely to have a disease because of who you were born from? Well, there's two perspectives to it. So, like, in 2006, we unraveled the human DNA, and we were able to determine what genes do what, okay? And genes are like light switches. It can be turned on, and it can be turned off, okay? And part of what we discovered in unraveling the human DNA was this. Only around about 5% of all diseases come from genetics. 5%. 95% comes from environment and lifestyle. Wow. And all of the ones that I just men mentioned, you know, colorectal cancer and heart disease and high blood pressure and strokes and diabetes and even many of the autoimmune conditions, those are foodborne illnesses. That's lifestyle. That's environment. And so it's really important for us to understand it, A, from that perspective, what we do inherit and pass down is this. We pass down habits. And I know this because I've worked with people, like I've worked with, you know, um, I've worked with an older couple who was, you know, maybe the husband's health was deteriorating, maybe the wife was deteriorating, and then I came over, and I used to do these back in the day where I would go over, have a sit down with them, we go to the kitchen, and then I'll just start reading labels and throwing shit in the trash. <laughs> right wow and then they will have such a transformation as a couple they'll say well we need to do this for my daughter and her husband and so i would go over to the house and guess what 
they got the same foods in the cupboards in the refrigerator. The same stuff wrapped in aluminum foil in the, in, the, in the freezer. Same stuff. So what we really pass down are our food habits. And that's why I always tell people, man, health is truly wealth. Like it is the foundation of wealth. It, it's not just a part of it. It's the foundation. Everything else becomes shaky when you don't got health in the equation. Because creating generational wealth, like the first thing you're going to pass down is not money. It's not assets. It's not, you know, real estate. The first thing you're going to pass down is genetics. You got to remember what I just said. If you eat and live an unhealthy life, those genes for high blood pressure, yeah, they will be turned on. But you did that with the way you ate and lived. The genes for gut dysfunction will be turned on. The genes for, you know, autoimmune diseases will be turned on. The genes for cancer will be turned on. Wow. But you, that's the first thing we hand down, genes. The second thing we hand down are habits. Whatever you do, your kid's going to do. If you say, hell no, your kid going to be one years old talking about, hell no. Everything you do, it is just going to be a sponge. And also what you allow. If you allow hot takis and sour patches in the home, then they're good. and then you all of a sudden want them to eat some fruits and vegetables, they're going to think you're crazy. It's like you want me to eat broccoli and kale and quinoa, but I'm watching you. Like you got, mm-hmm. you got the Zaxby's right there. Nah, I'm I'm gonna do what you do, not what you say. And that's <clears throat> and that's that's typically how you know kids especially learn. Yeah, I actually we, me and uh, me me and Ryan both we actually went to a very popular um, uh, woman here. She's uh, the vitamin lady. Okay, here in Atlanta, she d- does your blood tests. They tell you you know based upon your blood tests what you should and should not be eating. Like what foods are and therapeutic <laughs> or inflammatory or, or cause inflammation. Okay, so it's kind of crazy because for me. I'm looking at it and I'm like, first of all, I love bananas. I got a, I got an A blood type. It was telling me bananas are not good for you. Melons are not good for you. I was just killing some watermelon this whole, you know. Um, the whole summer. The whole summer was smashing watermelon. And I'm like, damn, could it even be that the fruits are not even good for me based on my blood type? What's your thoughts on, you know, eating based on blood types? Is that something we should focus on or just eat fruits and veggies, period, and you'll be good? Or should I really, like, look at eating a blood type-based diet? Now, now for me, I... It's not part of my philosophy. So, and I'll give you a, an, an example. Um, I was working with somebody, and they told me the person that they were working with had, a, had initially told them like they needed to eat for their blood type, and their blood type predicted that they needed to have a high-protein diet. Okay, And they suggested that they have this amount of meat throughout their day and throughout the week, et cetera. And what I explained to them was, you know... Um, there may be some validity to that in terms of like, you may need to have a high protein diet, diet, but what's important is your protein does not have to come from meat. So yeah, you may need more protein, but it doesn't have to come to, from meat. You have to remember what I said, the body, our bodies need amino acids, okay? We make, we make about eight or nine of them, and then we have to get 12 from our diet. Mm. Okay, so we make a lot of them, and then the rest we have to get from our diets. And with those 
20, 21 amino acids, any protein in the body can be formed. Heart muscle can be formed. Quadricep muscles can be formed. Any muscle in the body can be formed. What's heart muscle? Well, it's the muscle in your heart, your myocardium. So, like, let's say that somebody has a heart attack and they need to regenerate tissue, okay? Now, if you're healthy enough, that would actually happen. As a matter of fact, they, they have seen that a lot of people, like, you ever heard somebody having, like, a triple bypass yeah. surgery? Yeah. That's where they take out arteries, and sometimes they'll take them from the leg and put them in the heart, that sort of thing. They have seen that the heart, when there's a blockage, the heart muscle will start to reconform and send blood in a whole different pattern and create its own, um, you know, pathways for the blood to still be delivered. You understand? Oh, so, so, okay, so when I was, when I think of heart health or like somebody having a strong heart, I mm -hmm. thought that was just all genetics, but you can actually, I guess, improve the strength of your heart. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Is that like cardiovascular? Is that like the yeah, same thing? Okay. Same thing. Okay. So it's like, it's really important, like, to understand that this body is designed to heal itself. But we had a, our job is to figure out how we need to get out of the way because that's what it means. We're in the way when we get disease in the body, in the form of our diet, in the form of how we stress, in the form of inactivity, in the form of lack of exercise, in the form of lack of sun, et cetera. We need to figure out what have we done to get in the way of our healing because the body is designed to do that. So that's what I mean by it's just really important for us to understand like, you know, like that was one of the epiphanies of having all of this education like loaded into my brain and right. then having to unlearn it in a totally different way because the way that they teach us in school, like, and the way that I think now and the way I look at how the body works and how nature works, in many ways it is totally the opposite, but it makes sense because in modern medicine it is designed to treat us, okay, not heal us. So when you go to the doctor, that's why nobody with high blood pressure, diabetes, et cetera, nobody gets off medication mm. because it's treatment. And treatment is manipulation of biochemistry, whereas healing is correction of biochemistry. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Yeah, yeah so you, you're trying to tweak something else to get the results you're looking for. Yeah, it's like going out on a date, right? You can manipulate the woman into dating you or you can create chemistry. Natural chemistry. Homeostatic chemistry that she sees who you are and says, because I see who you are, now I feel you. That makes sense. You see what I'm saying? But you can go out there and rent a, rent a, a Bugatti. Right, right, You know, right. dress the part, speak the part, and all of a sudden you got the woman of your dreams that you will never have in any other circumstances. Or you can show up as your true self and say, look, this is who I am. You know, I don't, I honestly don't know who you are, but I'm in love with what I see. I like to get to know more, and she could be intrigued by that. I'd rather go that route than the manipulation route. And that's so that's that, a hell of an example, Doc. Yeah. I, I want to ask a, a, a quick question here, too, because another thing that's happening in our um, culture and our society is, um, is, is with the, I don't even want to call it therapy, but the our drugs, you yeah. know, like that's now a big thing that's happening. Whenever something goes, Commercial, I know it's, it's some, some major red flags is about to happen, right? For sure. So, you know, the, the legalization of weed is taking place. Yes. 
So a lot of people getting their hands on it. A lot of people getting um, are now creating these drugs that we put into our body. And even what we now are in the culture calling that good gas. Yeah. Right? That so, loud pack. Right, that loud pack, right? Yeah, that yeah. stuff with the orange hairs. You want the purple orange hairs. No seeds, no stems. The hybrids, everything. It's all, yeah, it's yeah. all hybrids going on. It's crazy. So what's, what's really going on with the marijuanas? Is this something also that we should be trying to stay away from? And if we don't stay away from it, how should we be trying to use these things? Man, I mean, you said it. It's like whenever they start to legalize something and say this is cool now, when I and I, you know what I mean by when I say they, they have doubled up the process. Mm. And so it's really important to understand, even with cannabis, even though you see it as a natural plant, they didn't legalize it until you started to see all of these hybrids. Like when it was just something that was just the homeboy down the street would grow in the back of the yard, like it was dead illegal. And if you look at all the studies behind cannabis, like the real studies, like the initial study that pretty much made cannabis illegal was a study that they did with monkeys. Mm -hmm. And most people, they say it caused brain damage and lung damage and et cetera. But People didn't look at the study. What they did with the monkeys were they put a mask over the monkey where they could not breathe, only in the mask. And in that mask, all they got was marijuana smoke coming in. So, of course, like, if you're breathing in a mask... <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's cause, all you're getting. It yeah. caused damage to the brain. It caused damage to the lungs, et cetera. They didn't look at it, like, from the normal perspective of how somebody would use it rec uh, recreationally. So it's important to even look at the initial studies that they use to kind of like make this drug like this gateway drug that they, they called it. But what's important to understand like today is just what I was saying, like the, they have made a plant into a product. And anytime you, it gets productized is when it's going to It's a problem. Okay. So now you can patent a hybrid if you wanted to. Nobody else can grow it. But you can't go patent sativa or indica because mm -hmm. those things are natural. And then also what you're seeing now is like you're seeing a lot of people have a lot of psychosis behind smoking marijuana now. I mean, I've, I've seen a mother bring her son into the ER and when she described what was happening, he had smoked some marijuana and he was playing his music loud in the room, and she smelt it coming from under the door. So she went to open the door. He wouldn't open it. The music's loud. She's afraid. She kicks the door in, goes in. The, the, her child tries to have sex with her, pulls her dress up, and then collapses on the floor. She calls the ER. He goes to the ER. And he has had psychosis for the last eight months. So when I say psychosis, just not being himself. Wow. But that's all because you've manipulated the plant. Because when you look at, so they, they, they have the medicinal component in marijuana called CBD that mm -hmm. most people know about. And then you have THC, which is the hallucinogenic part of it or the part that gives you the high. And so what they've done is they've called this the good part, the CBD, and they call the THC the bad part. But in nature, they work together. Mm. And without each other, they don't work very, very well. Also, what's really important to understand, the ratio is very important too. 
So they've sent the THC levels up. I mean, these when you start looking at some of these hybrids like <laughs> Fireball and Kush and you know Slinky Head and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> you, the, like the TH levels right. are through the roof. It's supposed to be like 0.8 percent in a normal plant, like we, in a real plant. We call that shit mid. Yeah, that's mid. <laughs> that's definitely mid. But when you look at it in a hybrid, it could be as much as four percent. Wow. Like that's <laughs> like it's different. People just don't understand. Like when you manipulate nature like that, like you don't know what you're going to get. So are you saying that we should not be smoking weed? You definitely should not be smoking anything that is hybrid. So you saying we should be growing our own weed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't make me don't edibles make me. only. Edibles only. Hey. So okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm about to get into botany. Now, <laughs> okay. So doc, doc, you mentioned obesity. And you said uh, a statistic that was, you know, rather alarming. You said 75% of the world is obese. Is that what you said? Yeah, 75% of America. Of America, of the U.S. is obese. Yeah, is either obese or overweight. Okay, so now okay, now I want to know what's the difference between being, like, what is overweight and what is obese? Well, overweight just means that based upon the body mass index, you're over, based upon your height and your structure, you are, you have excessive a little bit of excessive weight on your body. That's okay. overweight. Okay. Obese is a clinical definition that says that not only are you overweight, but you are overweight to a level that is a BMI greater than 31. Okay? So that's the difference between it. And it's then, like severe overweightness. So it's it's a it's severity. Gotcha. So you go gotcha. from overweight to obese to morbidly obese. Makes sense? That makes sense. So it's just different categories. So is it possible to be healthy and be overweight? Um, yes, it's possible okay. to be healthy and overweight because what the BMI doesn't account for is you got to understand, like, there's different body structures. Got it. You so a I'm woman with can, that nice, thick ass. Yeah, she's yeah. a little overweight, but she's healthy. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, you know, like, but if you take somebody who's 5'2", and they weigh 200 pounds, that doesn't make sense. That ain't going to be right. Yeah, That's not right. Now, that's obese. That's so it's, it's not, you cannot be obese and healthy. You can be overweight and healthy. Possibly. Because even you could be, you could be slim and unhealthy. This is okay, a, okay. There's a thing okay. called TOFI. Thin on the outside, fat on the inside. And because fat is at, like, to a certain level, once you start accumulating certain level of fat on your body. Yeah. It becomes its own organism. You know, fat can thief away your vitamin D levels. So you could be vitamin D deficient because of having excess fat on the body. Mm. You know, fat also creates more estrogen in the body because of aromatase. So it can sing your estrogen levels up in the body as well. Also, what's really important about fat is fat is actually a collector of toxicity. Now, that's a good thing because if you're bringing a lot of toxic things in the body, especially eating a lot of processed food, which Americans do, 60 to 70% of their diets is the sad diet, standard American diet, and processed, okay? If you're eating a lot of processed food, you're eating a lot of food chemistry, okay? The chemistry is in there to preserve the food, to make the food last longer on the shelf. That's why nothing rots and molds anymore. Right. Like, back in the day, bread used to mold. It doesn't mold anymore. It may get hard, but it doesn't even mold anymore. So food doesn't even go bad anymore. But that's because of the food chemistry they're putting in it. Now, that preserves the food, 
but it doesn't preserve you. Mm. It makes you sick. And the body has to figure out where to put all this toxicity. And in its ingenuity, it says, I'm going to store it in the fat. Now, Doc, in my most porous days, ramen noodles, which were unspoilable, actually preserved my life because they kept me alive because <laughs> I was broke as hell. Indeed. So what is somebody who's broke as hell? <laughs> right? Is it possible to really be broke as hell and to be eating healthy? Um, if you prioritize, I think that's the most important thing. You know, like one, I saw this statistic where, you know, they, they an article where they were talking about how in America, even the poorest have a thousand dollar phone. Mm. Like even the poorest here in America have a phone that costs a thousand dollars. So when you start to break those things down and look at little things like that, because we don't think about that. Like when you see someone or you are someone who you don't have the means to even pay your bills, but you have a $1,000 phone, the priorities aren't in the right place. You understand? And then the, there's another huge part of the issue is that, you know, in our, in our communities, you got food deserts and you got food inequality. And so they don't, you know, in, in poor neighborhoods, they don't have access to healthy food either. So even if they wanted to eat healthy and they went to the grocery store, they go to the green leafy vegetable section of the, the 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 produce section, and the leaves are like this. You know, and that's true. That's so, that's true, so true. Because if you the better the neighborhood, the better the fruits and vegetables look in the grocery store. One hundred percent. So, so true. Wow. So it's it's far more complicated than just can you can you be without enough means and eat healthy. Um, it's also a mindset. Because like I told you, like for us, when we say we're about to eat good, we're about to eat bad. <laughs> it always means that. It never means I'm about to actually eat good. No, never. Like we don't have that training. We don't have that programming. Like we don't think like, like me and coming from an impoverished neighborhood, like if I knew what I knew now back then, like I'd have been like, like, this is how I become a better athlete. I eat like this. I don't care what I got to do. Like, I'll just, instead of having one pair of Jordans, I mean, four pair of Jordans, I'll just have a pair of Nikes mm. to eat this way because this is going to get me to a, a Jordan deal at some point in my life. If I had that mindset, like back in the days, I would have been, t I'll give you, this is a great example. So when I was in the sixth grade, I saw the movie Malcolm X. Malcolm X is like one of my heroes. And he's one of my heroes because my uncle was a, a, a freedom fighter in, during the civil rights. And so when I saw the movie Malcolm X, I thought to myself, like, that's the kind of man I want to be for my community. And so I, I took one thing out of the movie and I said, I can at least do that. I said, mm. I'm not eating pork anymore in sixth grade. And I went to my mom and I said to my mom, I don't eat that anymore. And for the first couple of weeks, she was just like, well, you just going to starve. Right. She thought it was disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually. You eat whatever I cook. Right. And then eventually she started bringing an alternative. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So like, even though I grew up in a very impoverished neighborhood and we didn't have a lot of means and it was five of us, like my mom was able to make a different decision for me just simply based off the fact that I said, this is what I'm doing different now. 
So I always tell people, no matter where you are in life, you can still make powerful decisions. And a lot of times what we like to do is disempower ourselves and say, I don't have the money, so I can't make the decision. But instead of having a Twinkie or a honey bun, you can have some fruit. And if you go to the fruit section of the store, the, pro- the prices are equivalent yep. in many cases. So you always have a choice. That's all I, And I never, you know, like, especially being able to come up from where I came up, I love telling people, like, look, they want you to believe that you can't empower yourself. They want you to believe that you got to eat this McDonald's right here because it's just right there. But you don't. And guess what? When you don't, they go out of business. And then you know what happens? A business comes in and fills the space and then starts bringing food in that, that people will actually buy. Would you ever even show up to a McDonald's? Not a, not a, not by a yeah. Not a chance. Me so could you, would you, would you, would you date, <laughs> if a woman that you were dating, you found out she ate McDonald's, is that like a, I'm going to talk to oh, her about this? Or is no, that it's like- not no conversation. <laughs> and, and the reason why it isn't is because <laughs> it takes a mindset to go to McDonald's. Mm. Everybody knows McDonald's. Like on the, the totem pole of what's the worst type of food to eat. It's McDonald's. People going to always, like take a poll. They're going to say, what's the worst place you can go to eat. <laughs> McDonald's is going to be like 90% of the time. So if I'm, at, especially at this level of the game, like, you know, you got you to gotta date from, from the cloth that you're cut from right now. Mm. I love that. You can't date from the cloth that you were cut, cut from. So if you have not, even if I see a woman and she's like, because I've met women before, you know, like, you know, you know, right now, the girl I date, she's fully plant-based, vegan, et cetera. But I've dated women before who thought they were eating healthy. And I was like... So they getting the chicken nuggets. They're eating tuna, <laughs> like with every meal mm. out of a can. And I'm like, yo, that's not healthy. And they're like, how? Like, I'm not eating McDonald's. I'm like, true. But let me tell you about eating out of a can and the mercury that comes along with that and also the BPA and all of these other things and how unhealthy that is. So that's something I can work with because they thought they were eating healthy. Got it. Nobody thinks they're eating healthy if they go to McDonald's. They just gave up. That makes sense. They they didn't give up. This is part of the plan. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So like for me, like the mindset isn't the same. And if I'm going to move with force, like, I got to move with somebody who's moving with force, too, who's at least in the mindset of thinking to themselves, like, I'm making powerful decisions about not only what I do outside of myself, but what also what I'm doing inside of myself as well. I like that you say that. So what pretty much what you decide to eat on a daily basis has everything to do with your mindset. It has everything to do with your mindset and then also your knowledge, too. Okay. So, so I'll admit, like, because there's so much confusion in what is and what isn't healthy, you know, like I understand why people are eating the way they do. So I don't, I I mean, I don't judge somebody who's trying, somebody who's in the path of saying, well, I'm eating healthier now. You saw, did you guys see the, uh, you saw the 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 thing about low vibrational plates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we seen that. that Never seen the same shit. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. seen the same shit. You got corn and meat. She got corn and meat. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. so like, <laughs> that's that's different. It's like, wait, 
I don't see the difference here. And I think the explanation was I wasn't eating as much. Yeah, that's what uh, it was. It was, it was just portion. Yeah, yeah, it was portion, portion size. But like quality of everything, that's how I look at it. It's like people understand quality when they're buying sneakers and coats and jeans. Why don't you understand quality when it comes to food? Mm. You see what I'm saying? So like that's my perspective is like, you know, like that, that's just how I live life. It's like I want quality conversations. I want quality relationships. I want quality food. I want quality experiences. You know, like if I'm going to be with somebody, like my primary objective, friend, romantic, platonic, my primary, primate, I have to make them better. Like, and if I don't make, make them better, we probably shouldn't be friends. We probably shouldn't be lovers. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It, it, there's no, like, life is about movement and flow. And if we're not on that constant path, path of growth and evolution and raising our vibration, then we're just not for each other. No low vibrational women, yeah. all right? Yo, none, so none of that. We need to get the men, we need to get the men equipped. Uh, we need to get them equipped with, like, a, a starter pack or something. You know what I mean? Like, what are yeah. some basic things that any man could start doing to set that foundation of health? Yeah, the first thing is you got to have a healthy, wealthy mindset. Okay. That's like by far that's the most important thing because if you don't start with that, either one or two things are going to happen. You're going to quit along your journey because the unfortunate thing is like there's always going to be temptation and there's always going to be a reason to go back. It's like, you know, I listen, I'm not crazy. I know that two people, wings taste good. <laughs> right. I know, I know, I know like to a person, a honey bun may taste good. But my thing that I always tell people is that it tastes good to you because your mindset is of that. If I were to taste a honey bun, first of all, the sugar would cause my whole jaw to lock up. But also I would be thinking to myself, like, what are you doing to yourself, brother, eating this honey bun? And that's the kind of thing that I mean about mindset. You'd be disgusted with yourself. I'm disgusted with myself. And pe people don't realize it, but subconsciously, you do that to yourself when you eat horrible. You don't, you don't know it consciously. But when you eat horrible, this is why so many people don't have self-worth and self-value. is because in so many areas of their life, they're making poor decisions and they know it. They know they're making poor decisions when they come to their choice in women or men. They know they're making poor decisions when it comes to their choice in food. They more know they're making poor decisions when it comes to like emotional intelligence. And at some point, you're gonna not only turn the finger on yourself and say like, what are you doing to yourself? But you're gonna start to say like, what kind of person are you to do this to yourself? Like, I think you can justify like a person can justify doing it to someone else, but when they start to do it to themselves, they like subconsciously like that's a higher version of you. It's like, damn, mm. you really don't, <laughs> you just don't give a fuck. <laughs> right, right. You see what I'm saying? Really and so it's just really important to understand mindset is the first thing you got to have in the tool belt. The second thing is you got to have a plan as a man. You got to have a plan. Like what is your overarching vision for yourself? as it relates to your health, as it relates to your mindset, as it relates to your goals. You gotta have that vision. And this is why, you know, I'm not religious, but I really believe that 
a man without a vision will perish always. When you don't have a vision, you don't have a you don't have goals. You can't have goals without a vision. Cuz the vision is the whole encompassing plan. The goals are just the steps to get there. And so if you don't have that vision, when you start to make goals, you're always going to quit because it doesn't make it doesn't lead you anywhere. So you got to have a vision around your health. And my vision around my health is this. The family that I create is going to be the family that changes the world. You know, they're going to be the kids that when they interact with other kids, kids are going to be like, man, like I really like this kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw him drinking a green smoothie and licking his lips and then loving it. <laughs> like, mom, why don't you make me green smoothies? Like, that's the kind of, like, I want my interaction with my woman to be that of, you know, before we have sex, we love each other so much, we meditate before and afters. And then she goes and have a conversation with her girl, like, girl, like, sex is good before, after, and during because of this. That's the kind of, like, shift I want to create with a family. So that's my overarching vision of what I want for my life. And with that being intact, now I got to live it. And so as a man, you got to create that overarching vision for yourself. Because if you don't, I'm, I'm here to tell you, getting money isn't enough. Once you get it, you're going to find out it's not enough. You're going to see all these people walking back saying it's a dead end. And you ain't going to believe them because you got to see it for mm -hmm, yourself. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to convince you because they know you got to walk down the path to see it. But I'm here to tell you money is not enough. In the world of got to get to the bag, I'm here to tell you the bag isn't enough if it's only money inside of it. You, you see what I'm saying? Thanks. I do. Thanks. So, so you got to have that vision for yourself. And then the other thing is you got to take a holistic approach to your health. And what that means is it's not just about what you eat. It's about how you exercise. It's about the quality of what you drink and the water and other beverages as well. It's about how you interact and the relationships you have because you do damage to yourself whenever you choose a certain emotion to interact with. We get to choose our emotions. And most of us don't understand that we get to choose that. I get to choose to overreact. I get to choose to not care. I get to choose to say it's not worth it. Ain't nobody made you mad. Ain't nobody made me mad. <laughs> right. I made a choice that that's how I was going to respond. So even me as a person, even when I do get mad, I say, damn, I don't know why I chose violence today. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I did not have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it is not healthy for me to choose violence. As much as people think that's cool, it does damage to you, okay? And so it's just really important, you know, for the, I, I would say those are the three things that I would really focus on. I like that. Dr. That's Bobby a, Price busting down the solutions yeah, yeah. for us, man. <laughs> Dr. Holistic in the building. I appreciate you really breaking down these solutions and these answers to these questions that we have because health is a mystery. And uh, I think, like you said, there's a lot of reasons that, you know, we are confused. Yeah. As confused as we are because there's a lot of money behind the confusion. Yeah. There's a but let me tell you. Effort. This brother here got the answers. He do. He, he, he done dropped the What the Health documentary. That's for the young ones that ain't seen that one. Yeah. You got Malcolm X. That's for the young ones and the old ones. You still don't know who the hell Malcolm X is. And, yo, you got that Jack Johnson on. You, you represent. He was the, 
the first black heavyweight world champion? Yeah. Whooping yeah. ass back in the day. Yeah, I love, um, I think he, I think he's like, he doesn't get his just due, but to be in the early 1900s and 15, you know, maybe 20 years out of slavery, even though it was 1865, people don't understand that there was a buffer zone. Right. It was right. still slavery. It was still some slaves out there. <laughs> right. But to be 20 years out of slavery and to have the gall to not only being in a ring, but be cracking white people across, white men across the head. And doing it in such a way, like with the audacity that he did it, um, I think uh, it's just represent a, a, a pure representation of what we're capable of, mm. you know. And I think it's also a great representation of, you know, what we can do when we put our minds to it and we lose the fear, mm. you know. So like that's why I, I, I love this sweatshirt. So. See, look, this we brother, rocking with it. This brother said he's not religious, but he deep and spiritual as hell. It's I already deep. can tell. <laughs> I already, we could we could have really taken this a whole other place if we wanted to, but we're gonna right. keep it right here in this episode. <laughs> we're gonna just keep it right here in the health. But I got a really good feeling we're gonna get this brother back on. Cause you here in Atlanta too, right? Yes, indeed. And you got some good, you got some good products for the people. You got some good solutions that we don't even have. Yeah. I'm sure they're gonna want to know after yeah. watching this episode. Tell them what you got for them and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so the foundation of, like, when people say, like, I got this, I got this going on, like, the foundation of what I always tell people to do is uh, detox. So that's my number one product, and that's essentially like an oil change. Like, we have all of these processes for our cars. We do an oil change every three months. We change the brakes, the tires, the spark plugs, the wires. We detail the inside, the outside of the car. Mm. We don't have one process for our bodies to maintain our health. And so one of the ways that I maintain my health, keep, keep mental clarity, uh, keep my size, uh, keep good gut health is by detoxing every three to four months, like an oil change. So I have a 14-day and a 28-day detox, CMOS. Uh, um, herbal supplements. Uh, I just came out with a recipes and remedies book because a lot of people ask me, well, I want to eat food the way you eat it because I can't eat just <laughs> right. ice and carrots. Right. Like, I want to eat food that is tasty and good and good for you, nutritious and delicious. So came out with that. And then I most recently came out with a, a holiday cookbook. And the reason why I came out with that was because, you know, like I told you, I'm not I'm not religious, and I really don't celebrate a lot of American holidays. And so my idea was, well, I want to be around family and celebrate, but I want to celebrate in my own way. So I created some recipes, soul food recipes, but an alkaline vegan version of them, but also created, added in some West African recipes as well, because I'm like, it's holidays. This is a good time for us to celebrate our heritage during this time instead of creating all these meals that are literally killing us. And so, um, and most of us actually come from West Africa. Mm. You know, if you did your genealogy and did a uh, ancestry test, most of us come from West Africa. So I got some um, Nigerian okra stew in there, some uh, Ghana jollof. Uh, I got some egusi and fufu, all the good stuff. We be, all we be stuff. on all that. We, we be, be on, on all, all of that. Cools, cools. Trust me, yeah. we be on all of that. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, love I love it. it. So love that, it. that'll be coming out uh, pretty soon. So check the website for that. 
Yeah, invite us to the house next time you throw that on the stove. Facts, right? you know? facts. So that, that'll turn me vegan. You give me some open <laughs> right. food right there. I'll be down with it. Hey, we're going to bring some of those overweight joints over there, some thick joints. <laughs> just know. Not obese, be right. overweight. Hey, that's right. <laughs> hey, that's what's up, man. You got, yeah. the, you, got the, you got the plan, man. You got the published. That's what I, I love. That's and, what I and like. And also, make sure, please give them the ways. You, you, got, you, you told them what oh, you got. Yeah, yeah. How do they get in touch with you, though? Yeah, so my website, DR. BobbyPrice.com. That's drbobbyprice.com. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Holistic. That's Dr. spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. And then on Facebook and YouTube, you can just find me as Dr. Bobby Price. And um, so we have a membership program, products. Um, yeah, just a, a, a one-stop shop on how to heal holistically and naturally. They Listen, need that too, man. <laughs> Y'all need don't be they don't be going around this city over there slanging that gummy worm, all right? Because listen, <laughs> they're gonna be talking about you in that group chat. So you better get your shit together. But listen, thank you for tuning to another episode of Holly Initiated. We are out. Peace.